Before we start this podcast, we would like to take the opportunity to mention that we now have a Patreon page where you can help to support, evolve and continue these compassionate conversations. Please visit patreon.com slash voce dialogues for more information. Welcome everyone to the Voce Dialogues, Voices of Compassionate Evolution. I'm Chloe Goodchild, founder of The Naked Voice, and this is our new online community where we are exploring, deepening, and evolving our awareness of the transforming power of compassion. Enjoy these new dialogues with a wide range of artists, musicians, writers, and philosophers, social entrepreneurs, and sacred activists. They are all visionaries, transforming lives through the art of conscious creative expression with practices inspired by their own unique life experience. The Voce Dialogues are dedicated to the compassionate evolution of life on Earth. Well, welcome everyone to the Voce Dialogues. And it's my great privilege this evening to be speaking with Barbara Borden, very, very dear friend, phenomenal international drummer, performer, composer, and teacher. Hello, Barbara. Hi, Chloe. It's wonderful to be here with you too, and wonderful to be with your listeners and be able to share our love of music and sound. Thank you, Barbara. I just want to share with you a little bit about some highlights from Barbara's extraordinary life as a musician in service to humanity. Barbara is a drummer, performer, composer, and teacher, and began drumming, as I understand it, at the age of 10. Barbara's diverse artistic and musical interests have led her to record and perform with a variety of bands and individual artists for eight years. She toured and recorded with Alive, the all-woman jazz quintet, and then onto a 10-year run of her highly acclaimed solo piece, She Dares to Drum, a percussion play. And then two original recordings, All Hearts Beating and Beauty in the Beat, her premiere solo recording. So Barbara loves sharing the benefits of drumming with others. I've been very, very lucky to witness that and to participate in that experience. Teaching drum kit, Western African djembe and ceremonial drumming to groups and individuals. And for 15 years, Barbara taught the art of drumming to the elders at the Redwoods Retirement Community in Mill Valley, California. Currently, Barbara is the subject of the documentary Barbara Borden, Keeper of the Beat, a woman's journey into the heart of drumming by the Emmy award-winning filmmaker David L. Brown. Barbara is also performing World on Fire, a poetry, theatre, music piece about climate disruption with Naomi Newman, the actress of the Travelling Jewish Theatre, and Suzanne Di Vincenzo, bass and cello. So, Barbara, I'm aware that you have traveled widely across the globe in Yugoslavia and Zimbabwe and Africa, also Siberia, and it'll be lovely to just to come to that in the flow of our conversation together. But I think what I most love about you is that you really 
teach us and have certainly taught me how the heartbeat of joy, compassion and creativity is really at the absolute source of our lives as human beings. And you just absolutely transmit that understanding to whoever it is you're playing with and so on. So I just would love to ask you the question, what is compassion? What does it mean for you? And how has it shown up in your life? Mm, That's a wonderful, wonderful question, Chloe. Well, compassion is a word that is used quite a lot. And I find that there are situations that I've been in where I can be easily compassionate about someone who's suffered a great loss or is dealing with a great hardship or with myself even to be compassionate Mm. if I'm feeling, you know, not as joyful as usual, or if I'm feeling uh, some of my friends or dear ones suffering, which as I guess an empath of sorts that I think most musicians are, we feel a lot of things. So there's that compassion, but then there's when I have someone that's very difficult for me to find the goodness in uh, because uh, that's kind of my go-to for compassion is I look at the person and I can feel some part of them that's really good and tune into that and put myself in their shoes for what they're dealing with in their lives. But there are certain people that seem so mean and so uncaring and so difficult that's the challenge for compassion there Mm -hmm. when my heart is open I can feel compassionate because I know that somewhere along the line this life or maybe some past life or whatever one believes in there was and there is some goodness buried in all the distortion that's come around it Mm. you know I can feel that and I can get to that and in my mind, and then it's a matter of opening my heart. From explaining this, I can see that compassion is really what comes from an open heart and from not separating ourselves from the other. In our cultural upbringing and various countries that we live in and such, there's this feeling that if someone's from another country or someone's from another neighborhood or someone's from another skin color or whatever that you're afraid of them for some reason and it's and it's used a lot by leaders to keep people doing that for whatever reasons they have that we're not going to go into here but what I'm feeling and what drumming and music has done for me all my life is that it brings in the we and the oneness of who we are as a, a humanity Absolutely. And I've certainly witnessed that and experienced that with you several times since we've collaborated together on various projects. If you were to actually look back over the course of your life, is there someone or somewhere that has really inspired this experience of drumming as compassion in your life? Oh, that's a very good question. You know, there's people that inspire me on the compassionate level that are for example, Thich Nhat Hanh is a great inspiration to me because during the Vietnam War, he wouldn't take sides. He, mm. he 
And that to me is having the most open heart and the most oneness containing it all and not choosing one over the other. It's not easy to do that because nobody trusts you on the other side, <laughs> mm. but on either side. I remember once myself actually being with him in, um, I think it was a mega institute, and he was telling this incredible story of how one of his practices uh, in Vietnam was, with his students as well, was, was picking up the dead bodies from the streets and holding them, caressing them, and just the, the, a meditation practice of smiling. An extraordinary sort of fierce and gentle compassion. Yes, where I was able to put that into practice was when I was asked to go on a mission to the former Yugoslavia during the Bosnian conflict there mm. in 1994. And 10 women artists went as a group and we were slated to play at refugee camps and for peace concerts throughout Croatia and Siberia. We were not allowed to go into Bosnia at that time. So before we even went, I had sent along All Hearts Beating, the album that I made that you mentioned which starts out with very bombastic drumming and what I thought was a sound to emanate a shooting star through the sky. Mm -hmm. And when the leader of our group played it for the producers, they got very nervous. And she later told me that they told her that they had thought of bombs and rockets and mortar and all those things that war has in it as those sounds. And I was just so astounded because that's the last thing I was trying to invoke. I I didn't even think of that. And so it it made me examine my internalized violence that I might be carrying around, or at least the ignorance of understanding that to be true for some people, that, that those sounds would produce such a reaction. Mm-hmm. So I went into myself and asked, how do I be a drummer who plays, you know, loud and hard sometimes, who is not doing it in a violent way? And what came to me is another saying from Thich Nhat Hanh. He, he always says, I don't hit the bell. I don't strike the bell. I invite the sound out of the bell. Just changed my whole, <laughs> my whole life because, you know, with drumming, it's like, oh, killer. You're a killer drummer. You really hit that drum. Wow, just beat it. You have such a good beating beat. Right. So I thought, okay, I'm going to invite the sound out. So just to make it simple, and because I want to get to the point of this, that made me, instead of coming down on the drums with a sound, I would have a motion that I call down up because it's just like, the least touch that can evoke the sound I want from the drum in the least hard hitting way, but yet crisp and strong. That changed my whole approach to drumming. Well, that certainly is my experience of listening to you and, and uh, sounding, singing with you, is that it's, uh, it's, it's, it's often a kind of melting experience, actually. I have a sort of experience of dissolving or melting, you know, because you play with such a sense of flow and joy and gentleness, you know, and yet with this terrifically fierce attention to the beat itself and to timing. So there's that sense of the receiving nature of what you're doing every bit as much as the sharp attention to the delivery of what you're doing. 
Yes. Well, drums are considered the instrument that wakes you up. Yes. Is that all right? You know, the uh, indigenous cultures around the world. So that's important. And I thank you for that beautiful description. Because that's exactly what I want to evoke. It's an invitation to come into the drums. Because drums can scare a lot of people because they're so powerful. Mm. Like, uh, as in a good massage for me, my type of body. If I were to go and get rolfed and they immediately just went, you know, right in there and did the hard rolfing, that wouldn't be healing to me. A gentle touch that can go very deep and you can get more traction on it, more power into it as you go in there, but you start gently and bring people with you. Then you can open up and open up because there's a trust between you you have that dynamic, you have that ability to be gentle rather than just blasting somebody. Right. These are the essential qualities of compassionate human relationships with people. Yes. Start with the person wherever they are at and just be able to connect on that level. And then, then you can go from there. Absolutely. Well, that's, that's really beautiful. You know, it's, it's so important that the atmosphere, the ambiance, the the presence uh, that you are generating and transmitting. But there's a very deep quality of surrender required, I would imagine, as well. You know, that sense of, so you've got the receiving element, the attention, the instinctual wake-up call, the intuition of the heart, the reciprocity between yourself and those that you're playing with. Because it's all, that's my opportunity to get the all-one going is when when I'm playing music with other musicians or even by myself, but especially other musicians, it just multiplies the, the feeling of it. And then the audience comes in. And the audience isn't the audience, and I'm not the performer. And, and it just becomes one experience that we're all in in a place that I love to be, which is a real deep sacred place inside of us where we can all connect without being able to see each other touch each other you're just feeling each other through the music and you're feeling the music which is the most magical thing on this planet that i can think of it's it's an amazing music and art just like blow me away it's like okay i can stay here (laughs) there's that I mean, you really are. I mean, when, you, when you're in action, you know, and, and obviously people will be able to see this from your film as well. There just is that transmission of joy that you, you know, that you generate. How far do you remember when you started having that experience of wanting to create that? Or Well, it, it's been a process. And I, what I totally remember is at age 10, when I started, well, before, when I got my drum set, when it came into the house, I, I kind of, I did a semi-sit-in at the, at the music store and told my mom, I'd need to have this drum set. <laughs> she said, I uh-huh. don't have the money to buy this drum set. She didn't say, no, you can't play because you're a girl. Or no, we have a tiny house. It can't be in this house. She just said, no, we don't have the money. She said, but I'll see, I'll work on it. So she called my sisters who were they were in showbiz, my identical twin sisters, 13 years older than me. And they were touring and they said, we'll send the money. I got this drums kit. I set it up all backwards in the living room. I had no idea what I was doing. 
I put on the record player with 78 records and I would play along with those. <laughs> and, and, and then I, I realized after a very short time that no matter what mood I was in when I sat at the drums, if I was in a, in a sad place or an angry place or annoyed place, as soon as I started playing, that went away. And I was just taken by possibilities with the drum set, what I could do and how it felt and how it sounded and, and, and how I could play along with these people that I didn't even know. And in moments, I was transformed into a state of great joy, focus, and interest, and exploration. And that has not changed. And that transformation, I've watched it. You had mentioned that I worked with elders in um, in retirement community. And whenever we had our hour-long drumming session, they'd come kind of dragging in and then inevitably by the at the end as they were leaving they'd say oh i feel so much better oh. it just does that to people because yeah. it does things to your brain music uh, and drumming really changes your whole brain situation and lights up a whole lot of lights in there absolutely <laughs> and <laughs> it, it does change your brain waves from the beta going around do do doing to the alpha going around BBDing and alpha is more and uh, theta are the brainwaves of meditation. So by drumming, and I'd say by singing too, because I love to sing too. Yes. That 10 to 15 minutes, you're there. You're, you're mm-hmm. meditated. What is it that really initiates that state? Yes, I, think, I think the repetitive beat is very important because mm. I think it, it It's a comfortable place for the body because of our heartbeat and because Mm. everything in us is pulsing and everything everywhere in the cosmos is pulsing. Yes. You feel it or not, it is. That's how, that's why it is. That's why it exists because it has these pulsating waves of light and sound. I mean, that's, that's the core right there. Beautiful. Which, Which interests me a lot in light and sound for healing purposes. And, and, uh, I, I, I've been using sound that way for a long time, and I, I know that light is right there with that. As we're talking, I have this little crystal sitting next to me that has a light box under it that keeps changing colors. Mm-hmm. And it just is a good feeling to me. So, mm-hmm. so those things together, and then, so there's the repetition there's the vibration of the drums. Now, this, this would be very different on, say, an electronic drum kit. That mm-hmm. would be a very different feeling than on the resonance of a drum kit's wood and, and uh, heads that vibrate. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's all the other kinds of drums that are made from actual animal skins rather than plastic skins that are occur, is what occurs on drum kits these days. Mm-hmm. So you get that vibration of all that and that along with the repetitive beat is very trance producing and that's why indigenous people now and forever understand the importance of drumming and singing Mm -hmm. which also vibrates you and both drumming and singing i i consider psychic enemas Mm -hmm. they really clean you out they just get all the cobwebs out Mm-hmm. And then dancing, you can't you can't help but move your body if mm-hmm. there's this great rhythm going on and 
And mm. if you're singing and dancing and drumming, mm. that's it's, heaven on earth to me. Right. It's, it's a medicine of life, isn't it, really? And it is yes. sort of increasingly sound. And in, certainly in England, I would imagine in California as well, drumming is, is very present now in music education, that all children are playing drums in primary schools. It's part of the curriculum. Yes, it's the most accessible uh, way into music, isn't it? To a musical experience. Yes. Mm. It's not as easy as it looks, but it is right. much more accessible than picking up a violin, for example, and trying mm-hmm. to, and, and also the voice is very accessible, but right. I, uh, uh, you probably know this, how many people have been harmed by thinking they can't sing. So they don't, you know, right. I mean, that really is absolutely a, an issue that, that drumming, I think probably it overrides or it transforms because it connects you so deeply with the, your own primal um, yes. instincts and your own pre-vocal primal nature. Yes. And I suppose that's what's so empowering about it, isn't it? Because you, yeah. it really requires you to really embody, get physical, get in your body and so on. Yes, because people people don't realize. Let's talk a little bit about my favorite, one of my favorite subjects, the pulse mm. that one feels when you dance. And and if if you want to experience a perfect pulse, just tune in on yourself as you're walking down the street, mm-hmm. because everybody walks in perfect pulse, pulsing time, like a little metronome. You take a step, space, step, space. It it goes like that. It doesn't go step, step, step. Step, space, step, step, space. No, it's very, very consistent. And that's where uh, very much where the pulse lives. Every time you put your foot down, it's like the metronome going click, 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 click. And you're just walking along at whatever pace you happen to be walking. If you're in New York, it's a little faster. If you're um, on the beach, it's a little slower. But it's consistently the same space and placing of the foot so it's a way to really come into the present moment to be you know because it's so easy i'm just remembering myself running at the middle of today to a lunch meeting uh, <laughs> you know and just sort of thinking how present was i <laughs> so, that's really good so people they say to me i have no rhythm and what i say is no that's not true because you can walk I mean, you have perfect rhythm when you're walking and your arms are swinging. It's all, it's all coordinated. You're just not aware of it. Right. It's such a natural thing to do. Yes, yes. And, and it just takes place <laughs> while yeah. you're being. So if you can walk, you have rhythm. But mm. what you don't have is the connection to the pulse. Mm-hmm. You don't know where it is. You're thinking, mm-hmm. show me. I, I, you know, I don't feel it. Mm-hmm. But if you just walk around and sing a little song to yourself, you can feel the beat. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. That's so lovely. <laughs> You'll also feel a lot better, too. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything changes, doesn't it? The circulation in the body, the the molecules. The, the thought vibration. forms. Yes. They go away. You don't hear those same tapes going over and over. Mm-hmm. I think I use singing, droning, toning, anything with a voice that seems like the right thing to do at the moment and rhythm mm. to self-soothe myself. If I wake mm. up in the middle of the night, say, 
it's probably not the best time to pull out my drums, but it's a fine time to just do a real soft drone and feel mm. the vibration of that, mm. you know, soothe me enough that I can just get out of that, whatever I'm worrying about in the middle of the night, which is always a good time to worry about things. Mm-hmm. Or even if I'm just, my brain's just going too fast and I'm not worried, it just mm. quiets everything down. Mm. Well, the heartbeat itself is the absolute source of it all, isn't it? It's, yes, yes. Yeah. Obviously, all of us are affected by the environment in which we're brought up in. You know, like for me, it was a, a Christian church environment um, right. with a father that was a priest in the 1950s England, post-war, mm. uh, you know, in, in the countryside. So that had a hugely significant impact on the kind of sounds and music that I was surrounded by at that time. How was it for you living in the Bay Area in California? Yeah, I was raised in L.A., and, and the school system at the time was great for music and art, public mm. school system, and I went through that, and, and we played little blocks and sand blocks and sticks when I was in kindergarten, like you said, getting with mm. the percussion instruments going. But Los Angeles didn't feel like my place to me when I got in my teens. I felt like at least the people I knew there, I, I know a lot of great people there now that don't feel this way, but it just, I felt the materialism that goes on in LA. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't feel the creativity as much as I wanted to. I felt, I mean, I saw a lot of fabulous, fabulous, fabulous musicians there. And that mm-hmm. was a real wonderful thing. But a lot of times I didn't feel like they were that creative or that they were that happy playing, you know, they mm-hmm. were just kind of, stressed out or something I don't know so my sisters moved up here when I was 15 and I came to visit them and I knew this was a place for me San Francisco Mm. that's my place and at the Mm. time the beatniks were here and then when I moved here in 1965 it was the flower children and all the oh my goodness yeah and you know drug sex and rock and roll and and then in, in the late 60s and 70s uh, and onward was the feminist movement was huge mm-hmm. here. And there were so many women musicians. Mm-hmm. That's where I found all the people from Alive or they found me, we found each other. That put me in the whole feminist movement through music. Most everything I've done has been through music. I, ha- I didn't say I'm a feminist, I'm going to go into that movement. I said, I want to play music with women. And we were in the feminist movement. You know? Wow. So you were real. And the jazz, and the jazz uh, wow. world as well. Yeah, because that's interesting that you chose, that, that, or that jazz chose you, that you chose jazz as your medium for this. You know, so there was the percussion. There was that absolute passion for percussion from yeah. a very young age. And yeah. then, so there's something about jazz that just really drew you in. And that was empowering of the feminist movement, was it? Well, the jazz was very unusual in the feminist movement because the feminist oh. movement was made of folk singers like Chris Williamson, Holly Muir, Meg oh, Christian, yeah. Marty Adam. And they either played piano or guitar and wrote and sang songs too for and about women. Uh-huh. So coming in as a jazz group was really unusual there weren't too many jazz groups there were jazz musicians in different groups but not too many jazz groups that were in the feminist movement oh that is so interesting you've just reminded me of holly nish i remember her coming to england and singing that song was it 
We are a gentle, loving people. Yes, she's still singing it. <laughs> we're, trying, really? we're trying to get there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, and we're singing. Yeah, singing yeah she has a wonderful Zaki Manria, too, about her mm -hmm. life. Yes, yeah, she's a wonderful, just a wonderful activist person and singer, of course, songwriter. But what drew me to jazz as a young one, and I got to go with my sisters. They were on all these TV shows, so I got to go see a lot of musicians. And I even saw the Ina Ray Hutton all-woman big band oh, backstage <laughs> in their long gowns, long strapless gowns. I went, whoa, how can they play drums in that thing? <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> And lo and behold, I ended up in one of those in high heels playing drums. But anyway, that's another story. Yeah, so seeing uh, jazz just appealed to me because of the improvisational aspect of it. Yeah. Uh, when I was very young, my music teacher in elementary school in a little orchestra let me bring my drum set to play my drum set rather than just a snare drum. And after the little concerts we'd do, this uh, clarinet player and I, would jam and we we had no idea what we were doing by the way but it was just free it just felt so free you know in opposition to the written notes on the page that we had to do for the orchestra yeah yeah so from that moment on i'm uh when i realized that when the music changed as i was improvising it wasn't a mistake that was a big that was a big realization i because i would i got embarrassed i could feel myself turning red when all of a sudden it was like i was playing something and then the music turned left and i had to make a decision of what to do so i went left so that's where i learned to follow the music rather than me controlling what i was playing oh, or that's... following someone else's music oh that's huge isn't it that's yes. Yeah, following the music with a capital M. That's that spirit rolling around inside of us, you know. I love that. That's just kind of eons away, isn't it? From you know, the, just the, the the music that's all written down. It's all predictable, and you know what's going to happen. And you know what your place is. You know what's required of you. Yes, yes you have a very narrow band to make it your own in that music. Mm -hmm. It's just like. Your approach to the music, your touch with your instrument is the differentiation and for classical players. But they're all playing the same thing, so they, they can't vary that. But when, right. when you're a jazz player, you have all this room in the improvisational field to try things, or to, not even to try things, to follow the muse, you know. And yeah. that's, that's one of the hardest things to learn about improvisation is that you're following something bigger than your self or your brain or what you think you should do or want to do right and and also you're playing with the other musicians so you have to stay in touch with them too yes so to yeah. me that's like if you can improvise it's a real tool for living this life that we live now that's so fast-paced and full and and unpredictable and full of all these things that we don't know how to deal with like climate change for example we're being required now to use those skills of improvisation in the, at this time of immense uncertainty. Yeah. Yeah. So those skills are right there for you. And it's no question that music is going to play an increasingly important part. I would have thought yes. in helping people to navigate, you know, the uncertainty yeah. of these times. I find, you know, that with teaching people, there are certain people that have 
love to improvise and certain people that just don't want any part of it. Mm -hmm. And then there's, you know, they, they like to just keep a beat. And there are some mm -hmm. drummers that I've run into over time that say, no, 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 I don't want to do a solo. I just want to keep a beat. Mm -hmm. I couldn't wait to do a drum solo. <laughs> when I was younger, I just do drum solo gigs. I take my drum kit and I go to a little coffee house or something and play two 45 minute sets on the drum kit. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It also just invokes and inspires a whole appreciation of the feminine in her most earthbound form, really yes. inspiring, really taking initiative, standing out, expressing her full potential, you know, with nothing in the way. Yes. And I just oh. want to mention, this is a beautiful thing you just said. I don't want to run over it in any way, but I want to enlarge it. I see so many young women drummers playing drum kit to beat the band. I mean, they are really playing the, the, they're really doing it, taking ownership in their power in the most beautiful, natural way and being who they are. And it's, it's a little different kind of a power for a woman to do drumming than a man. And uh, I remember when I was young and there weren't that many women, a lot of people would say, oh, I just love watching you drum. And now watching all these younger women drum and some that are my age, stick, you know, that are drumming that are amazing drummers, it is different. Oh, it's fantastic. It's the fact that you've been so um, pioneering and, and uh, instrumental in, in really bringing that about and in inspiring that in others, is it just must be so, so wondrous and such a joy to see. It is. And, and, you know, it's nothing I set out to do. I didn't say I want to play drums, inspire a lot of women drummers. Mm -hmm. I just said, I need to play drums. Or actually, mm -hmm. the drums said, you need to play drums. That's right. how I felt it. Like they invited me in. That's very different, isn't it, from being yeah. busy, being a performer, and look at me, aren't I extraordinary? It's a very different approach to playing. You're playing yourself and you're being played. Yes, and it's it's really a need in me. It's, uh, I, I tell people I could, I would have probably not made it this far in this happy state if it weren't for drumming and music and, and singing and dancing. And, you know, that's the mainstay of all indigenous communities, drumming, singing, dancing, or some kind of rhythming, like the Australian Aboriginal people do a lot of rhythming on the didgeridoo or yadaki. Yes. So what's next for you now, Barbara? What's, uh, what's coming up for you right now in your, in your musical life? Well, it's funny you ask. I, I'm thinking about it a lot, and there's a lot that always appeals to me, but I'll tell you three, three things that I'm thinking mm. of. One is mm. uh, enlarging my ability to affect groups of people to get groups of people drumming and doing drum circles and such. And mm. I'm just about to hook up with Remo Drum Company to be a facilitator of drum circles through them and you know, yeah. that kind of thing. And I just met the wonderful man that runs that department. We did a, a circle together that was so helpful to people in their healing, mm. people with cancer. So that's the kind of thing I, I love to do is healing through music, through mm. drumming, singing, mm. and dance, really. I mean, that's, that's what I'm looking at in mm. these circles. And then the other thing I'm very 
interested to find out more about is light and sound together and how there's a lot of things going on in this country. I don't know if it's happening in England that mm. are called sound baths. Musicians getting together with big gongs and drums and flutes and anything musical mm. Mm -hmm. and having people lie down in some space and all these sounds just happen mm. and people just absorb the sound. So I think in these times, that's a wonderful thing to do because for one thing, you're going to relax and, and you're going to be stopped from all your devices of electronics and such yes. and be able to go inside in that way. Then there's some performance piece that's bubbling up inside me. So I've got to see what that is connected with a recording. And I think it'll have both drumming and voice in it. So you may get a phone call from me sometime soon. Well, I will be only too happy to collaborate with you. Any opportunity to do that, I'm there. I just really thank you so much for being in this world and for bringing your unique inspiration to many, many people and being really such an innovator and pioneer in this area and assisting people just to empower themselves through playing but also be daring enough to be also very receptive and to receive the sound in and to experience that dimension of musicianship that's just so so important uh, one of the the focuses i have is really balancing the feminine and masculine right and that still needs a lot of balancing in our world the more empowerment that men and women can have with their feminine, mm. not just, you know, it's not just about women or just about mm. men, but it's about the balance of both within each of us. Mm. I think that's a very important piece to our coexisting in a more uh, tender way with each other. Well, that I would suggest is a, is a very beautiful place for us to complete this conversation anyway, and just to really hold that image of the rebalancing and the unification of the masculine and the feminine. Yes, rebalancing, regenerating, that's what is constantly called. Absolutely. Barbara, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. And Chloe, thank you for providing this um, platform for people to both come and share what we have to share and the listeners to be lifted by it. Thank you, Barbara. Thank you. The sound inside.